Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19? 1 Kings chapter number 19 and verse number 19. 1 Kings 19, 19. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphet, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he with the 12th. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him, took a yoke of oxen, and slew them, and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah, and ministered unto him. I want to preach on the subject Use it or lose it. Amen. Amen. Everybody's heard that old saying, right? Use it or lose it. You know, when I think about use it or lose it, there's some things just in life you think about that come to mind, like perishable items you buy at the store that need to go in the refrigerator, for instance. Uh, You know, like fish. You know, how, how do you know when fish is going bad? Because it always smells fishy to me. <laughs> so maybe it's when it's really fishy that it's kind of fishy and you better not eat something or something fishy is going to happen to you. But milk, you know, cheese, meat. When I was growing up, you know, back in the 70s, I don't remember dates, expiration dates. And if they had them, we didn't use them. We didn't go buy them. We'd go by the sight and smell test. Amen. You know, to get a thing of uh, milk out, and we'd open it up and give it a smell. That was the thing. And then we'd look at it and shake it. If it smelled like cottage cheese and it looked like cottage cheese, then it wasn't milk anymore, and we better not touch that. Amen. Perishable items. If you don't use it in time, you'll lose it. You know, coupons. You know, anybody use coupons here? You know, cu- you know, double coupons or regular, cu- you get, you know, coupons, but there's that, that, that pesky expiration date on those coupons. Amen. And you, you know, or if somebody gives you some kind of, a, you know, a free ticket uh, to something, you know, like a show or something that's in town, but it's got an expiration date on it. If you let that date lapse, you're not getting the discount. You're not getting the free admission. Amen. All of these things, it's a use it or lose it proposition. You know, skills or knowledge that are seldom applied are likely to be lost in time. Amen. You know, even if you knew a second language that you learned or whatever when you were younger and then you stopped speaking it, you know, it would be hard to pick it back up again, you know. Now, they say there's some things like riding a bike that you'll always know how to do, uh, but, uh, you know, most of the time you got to use it or you'll lose it. 
You know, they have all these games. Now that you have your phone, your smartphones and your, and your tablets and, and your computers, you can download all these free games, right? These free apps. And they have all these brain teasers, brain games, to, you know, to stimulate your brain, to get you to help them with your memory, short term and long term and all that good stuff. Amen. You know, they, 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 ha- they deal with what's called our cognitive behavior, which is related to or involving the conscious intellectual activity, such as thinking and reasoning and remembering. And when you, you know, use some of these games, uh, you know, and they actually stimulate your mind and help you. Amen. Because if you're just like Jessica said last week, when you're just sitting there, you know, watching, you know, something on some screen and then it's just playing a YouTube clip or some movie or some this or that, some program, you know, you might learn something, but you're not really getting stimulated. Amen. Like you are when you're playing a, a, a game that's not just designed for you to look at and be entertained by, but something that you're challenged. Because if you aren't challenged with some of your things that you have, you'll lose them over time. Amen. Leonardo da Vinci, the great uh, painter and inventor, he said, Iron rusts from disuse. Water loses its purity from stagnation. Even so does inaction sap the vigor of the mind. Amen. It's better to read a book than to just watch something. Because your imagination is moving and going, and you're reading something, and you're putting yourself there, you're imagining it. Even when some people get hurt to the place or get sick where it brings them down, and they're bedridden for months at a time, if they don't do certain exercises with their legs and have some kind of therapy, even in bed, their muscles will go into a state of atrophy, which is caused by long activities uh, long periods of uh, lack of physical activity. And if that person is laid up too long and they don't get those muscles stimulated, the muscle actually wastes away. And eventually that person will have to be taught how to walk again, even though they knew how to walk since they, was, they were two years old. Amen. I'm telling you, we got to use it or lose it. And even more, and not just these things, And the list could go on, but even more, the things that God gives us. Amen. The things that God provides for us. We have to use it or we're going to lose it. Amen. Now, the text story in 1 Kings, Elijah was the preeminent prophet of his day during that time. He was over all the prophets and he was the main prophet in Israel at the time. Amen. But God had told him that his days were numbered and that he needed to train a replacement. And so he purposely just walked past this one field while this guy named Elisha, a very similar name, was plowing 12, you know, some uh, 12 yoke of oxen and plowing his family field. And he must have been near the, the pathway or the roadway. And uh, Elijah, all he did was he took his mantle, which was a, like an outer little garment cloak thing. Uh, he took his mantle and he just went past by. He didn't say a word and he just kind of took it off and he just brushed it on Elisha and he put it back on and he kept walking like nothing. Amen. And then there was a clunk. 
And he kept walking like nothing happened. And Elisha, he, he stopped in his tracks. He knew who that was. And he knew what just happened. Amen. And he stopped. He dropped, a, he, he dropped those reins and that yoke. And he hopped the fence and he ran after the prophet. He said, hey, let me go kiss my mom and my dad and you know, get a couple things in order and I'll be right there. And he said, hey, get away from me. He goes, what have I done to you? He was testing him because, you know, God wanted him to get a replacement, but he wanted to see what this guy was made out of. Amen. And then Elisha went back and he killed some oxen. He offered a sacrifice and he gave them, a, gave them meat to the family and the friends. And then he went and ministered and he, he didn't leave Elisha, Elijah after that. Praise God. <coughs> and then Elijah, he, he went about his business doing what God told him to do. But Elisha was right there. Amen. And, uh, and God, you know, told Elijah to tell, you know, Elisha, uh, Elijah told Elisha, he was like, look, hey, you know, what, what, you know, uh, what do you want from me? And, uh, you know, what, what, are you, uh, what are you after? And he goes, I want a double portion of your spirit, of your calling. I don't just want you, what you, you know, and, he's, and he was a great prophet already. Elijah was a great prophet. He goes, I want a double portion of what you have. And he goes, boy, what you ask is hard. But he said, if you will be with me and see me when I'm taken away, because God was going to take him away alive, like a one-man rapture, he said, you'll get it. Well, Elijah tried to duck him several times. Hey, I got to go across the river. You wait right here. I'll be back. He goes, oh, no, you don't. He said, any second, you, any second you could be taken away and I'm not going to get what I wanted, what I had. Amen. And you see, so God, you know, and, and just so you know, the mantle is symbolic of our calling by God. Amen. Elijah was called and that mantle was his calling and his ministry. And when he brushed it on Elisha, that was to show him, hey, this, is gonna, this calling is going to be falling on you someday in the near future. Amen. And so Elisha knew that he, he, could, he had made a choice. He, could, he knew that if he just let Elijah go, uh, he was risking not having fulfillment of his calling. Because he wouldn't get that double portion. Who knows what would have happened if he wouldn't have been there when Elijah went up. Amen. And two or three times... Elijah tried to get away from him. Amen. And Elijah, you know, the, the power, you know, because in our calling is the power to fulfill our calling. Amen. Let me say that again. When God calls you to do something, he's not just throwing you out in the middle of nowhere and saying, good luck. Amen. No, he's going to give you the ability and the power and the backing of heaven to get that calling done. You say, well, that's a big, big shoes to fill. Yeah, well, we got a big God, so don't worry about it. Don't look at yourself. Look at what God can do. God is not looking for extraordinary people. He's looking for ordinary people that he can use extraordinarily. Amen. Humble people. People that won't take the credit. People that won't, uh, amen, glory their flesh. Amen. But people that will point to God and say, it's Jesus all the way. Hallelujah. No matter how great you're used by God. But you got to use it or you'll lose it. 
Amen. And so one of the things Elijah would do, he'd get up to the Jordan River. You know, they didn't have a bunch of bridges back then and all this kind of stuff. And man, you'd have to go all the way down and around and all this kind of stuff to try to get across at the few crossing points. And, but he didn't have time for that. But Elijah, he, he, already, he was an experienced prophet. He already had his calling. He already went to the school of hard knocks with God, and he knew what God could do. So he would take his mantle off, and Elisha was right there, and everybody's watching. He'd get up to the bank of the river, and he'd hit that bank of the river. He goes, and he would just hit it, and it would, the water would part, and they would walk across. And everybody's with their mouths hanging over and watching. Amen. Just like the children of Israel, when they went across the Jordan River, amen, to go into the promised land when Joshua took them across in the, in the early chapters of Joshua. I'm telling you, it was powerful. So when the day came for Elijah to be brought up, Elisha was right there on cue. And a fiery chariot pulled by fiery horses with wings that could fly come sweeping down out of heaven and picked up Elijah and took him off. And then everybody's watching, not just Elisha, but everybody was there at the time. And Elisha was just looking and seeing his master going and just looking like a dot. And all of a sudden that dot started getting bigger and bigger and bigger, not the chariot, but something floating down. It was the mantle that he was hit with. It was the call. The call was passing from one prophet to another. Elisha was going to be the next prophet if he would use it. If he would take hold of that mantle and everything it represented and use it. Amen. Praise God. And so he saw that mantle, Elijah, you know, and he went up and all these other like junior prophets, like little prophet, prophetettes, I guess. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, like the Rockettes, but it was the Prophetettes. They were all around, and they, were, they, they had been under Elijah. And now they're going to see, okay, this guy's going to be our new leader. Let's see what he's made out of. And so he grabs the mantle, and there's the Jordan River. And he goes, okay, this is it. This is either the double portion, or this is where I tuck tail and, you know, go sell shoes somewhere, or sandals or something. Whatever, And he grabs that mantle and he hits the Jordan River on the bank and he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? You know, he maybe had a little doubt or whatever, so he threw that in. Because Elijah, when he did it, he didn't say nothing. He just, and it was, amen. But he just thought he had to throw that. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Boom. And you know what? God. And he walked across. And all these prophetettes said, well, looks like the new boss is in charge. Amen. You see, folks, God has a very specific and tailor-made calling for each of us. We need to pursue it. We need to embrace it. And more than anything else, we need to use it. Matthew twenty-two fourteen said, for many are called, but few are chosen. Amen. And this was the conclusion. If you read the first 13 verses before that, it's talking about a man who's having a wedding feast for his son. And he invited all these special guests. He had a special list. And all these people made excuses. Nah, we're not coming. Nah, we're busy. Whatever. Amen. And not only did they have excuses, 
Some of them, when the people went out, you know, it would be like our mailman or something. Amen. Don't kill the messenger, but they actually did. Like, you know, when you get a shutoff notice on your electricity, do you beat up the mailman? Like, hold on a second. I'm going to go get my baseball bat. I can't believe you gave this to me. Like, I don't work for Edison. Doesn't matter. You gave it to me. I'm going to beat your head off with, you know, with this, with this bat. We don't kill the messenger. Amen. Praise God. And but this guy, he sent out, you know, guys, you know, posts or whatever they call them, couriers, and they would kill these guys. They would beat them up. They'd send them home shamed. And this guy was really ticked off. He said the ones that were invited first didn't want to come. He goes, invite everybody else. And he goes, go on the highways and the byways and the hedges and to that my house will be filled. And he said, because many are called but few are chosen. Amen. You know, Jesus, when he came, he came unto his own. The Jews got the first invitation to be a part of this new church that was about ready to happen, this new kingdom of God, and they rejected it. He said, okay, and they, and they rejected it. They beat the prophets up. They did all these things. They even beat up the Son of God himself. Amen. And so he said, all right. They didn't want it. Amen. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to them who believed and received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. That, that's us. We got a chance. They rejected it, and we got the chance. Amen. Because the call goes out to everybody. So let's be clear about who's choosing who, folks. Let's be clear about who's accepting who. Amen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Amen. God is doing the choosing. God is doing the accepting. Amen. You hear about everybody saying, well, you know, I, I don't know. I'm going to think about accepting the Lord, or I'll think about accepting the Lord. Hey, you need to accept the Lord. That's good. Amen. And I understand what they're saying. But you know what? God needs to accept me. Amen. I need to do what I need to do so he will choose me. And he, because the call goes out to everybody. Amen. But not everybody will do what it takes to be chosen Amen. and accepted by him. God calls every person to salvation, but not everybody answers that call. Amen. And after a person is saved, God calls that person to service in his kingdom. But not everybody answers that service call either. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus called Peter and Andrew, his brother, and they left their fishing nets and followed him. Then a little later, Jesus saw James and John, his brother, in their fishing boat, mending their nets and called them. And they left their boat and their father, who was in the business with them, and they followed him. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus saw Matthew, who was a collector of taxes, got an IRS agent, so to speak. Amen. Sitting at the table, collecting taxes. And he said, follow me. And Matthew left his table and followed him. In John 1, Jesus saw Philip and said unto him, follow me, and he followed him. And that's just the story of, you know, about half of the apostles, how they were called. You see, everyone is called to salvation, but God has a calling for us beyond salvation. That's why he left us here after we're saved, so that we could do something and have an impact, amen, and a contribution to the kingdom and to this world for him. 
Amen. He, he, he is calling us to find our specific and unique place in his kingdom and to grow and flourish in that place. And if we don't answer and embrace the call, we will not reap the benefits of living that calling. Amen. So Elisha, he wanted a double portion. If you read the Bible and you do a little research, you'll find that Elijah, his predecessor, that gave him that mantle, did seven notable miracles in his ministry. Well, Elijah wanted a double, Elisha wanted a double portion. So my math says 14. Okay. Amen. So the double portion would be 14. So Elijah, Elisha, he starts his, his ministry of miracles out by knocking off that side of that Jordan River with number one. And you keep reading and you keep reading. And you, you know that when Elisha died, it was 13. And you say, well, that's close to double. But you know what? I, I just, you know, God is so awesome that when someone says double, you know, it's supposed to be double. But did you know it didn't, you know, the contract didn't read that the, mir the miracles had to be when the person was still alive. Because Elisha was dead and only 13 miracles. But his bones were buried in this cave. And many years later, some guys, amen, were running from some people. I don't know what the trouble was. And they had a wounded friend with them. That wounded friend died while they were running. And they said, look. We, he's dead now. There's no point in trying to carry him around. And we got we to gotta do something with him. We don't have time to bury him. And they threw his body in this obscure cave. And they kept running. Well, that cave had the bones of Elisha the prophet. As soon as that dead body hit those bones, ah, he got up and out. And he probably caught up with his friends. Hey, how you guys doing? Ah, you know, and they're all running. And then they're dead now, right? Number 14, see, when God does it, he does it right, he does it complete, not almost double, exactly double. Amen. But my point is, if Elisha would not have answered the call, if he would not have embraced the call and grabbed that mantle, he would have never got to number one, let alone 14. Praise God. If we don't answer the call and embrace the call, we will not reap the benefits of living that calling. Matthew chapter 25 tells us the parable of the talents. In verse number 14 of chapter 25, For the kingdom of heaven is a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway he took the journey. Amen and left. Amen. And when the man came back from his journey, he called his servants together to get an account of how they did while he was gone. Those talents were given. That's like the call. Amen. Are you going to answer the call? And then what are you going to do with the call? Praise God. And so when he got back, he met with them. The first two, he met with the guy that gave, he gave five. And then he met with the guy he gave two. Amen. And both of those guys said, hey, we doubled it. We, we got another five and I got ten. And I got another two and I got four. Amen. And 
He responded to both of them with the exact same statement. You say, well, the ten should have got a better prize than a four. No, he gave it to them according to their several ability. Every one of us sitting here don't have the same abilities, but we all can have the same blessings from God if we will answer our call and fulfill our call. Amen. The, the, key, the key was they doubled it. Amen. It did something with it. Praise God. They used it for him. Matthew 25, 23, this is the response when they both told him what they did with the money he gave them, the talents. He, he said, he said the, the, his Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Amen. Amen. Folks, sometimes God will call you for, for something that you, you don't even... I was expecting to be, you know, like, you, you know, you get saved today and tomorrow. I wanted to be the senior pastor of the church, you know, the second day after you got saved or something like that. It's like, you know, that's a lofty goal. Thank God. And maybe someday if you'll go after it. Amen. Because if you're faithful in a few things, God sometimes is going to just pass by and just brush you with the mantle and see what you'll do with it. Faithful in a few things. Amen. You just do something. Maybe you're not, you know, overly thrilled with it at the first, but it's something for the kingdom. And you do just faithful in a few things. He will make you ruler over many things. He'll open better doors for you and you can walk through them. And he went to meet with the last guy who he gave one, who I believe with all my heart, if he would have said, you gave me one and I made another one, I got two, he would have got the same reward, the same blessing. But for some strange reason, he decided to bury his talent. So he embraced the calling just, you know, in front of the guy. And then as soon as the guy left, he just buried it, he ignored his calling, and he didn't do nothing with it. And Matthew 25, 28 said, Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Now, if you read that, and some people think right on the face you might just think a thought like, that doesn't seem fair. You, this guy has one, and you're going to take that one. He's going to have zero, and the guy that now has ten, you're going to give him. So it's going to be 11, four, and zero. Doesn't seem fair. But you see, folks, God is not fair like people in this world. Going, That's not fair. <laughs> right? That's not fair to give somebody a D or an F that didn't do anything on the test. And to give someone an A that studied hard. That's not fair. Sounds fair to me. That's why they get, you know, some schools got away from letter grades. And, then, you know, and some even got away from using red ink to correct. Well, red ink is such harsh behavior. <laughs> These kids are going to have emotional problems when they grow up. No, they're going to have emotional problems because you're not using the red ink. <laughs> and don't get me started on this whole thing about, hey, everybody wins and everybody gets a participation trophy and there's no first, second, third and all that. Wait, wait, is the Olympics going to be like that someday? No more gold, silver, and bronze? It's like everyone's going to have an aluminum, aluminum uh, thing. It's all fair. But you know what? God 
isn't interested in that kind of fairness. God is just. And there's the difference between being fair and just. God gave them the talent. He gave them all the same instructions. They all had the chance. Amen. And so when they didn't, he didn't embrace the call, he loses it. So even that which he was given, he's going to, so if you don't use it, you will lose it because God loves you, but God loves the world more than anything else. And he wants the world to be saved and he wants to use us to to reach the world. And if we're not going to embrace our call and go after it, he will take our talent away and he'll give it to somebody that's blowing and going and out there doing his will. I'm sorry, I know that doesn't seem fair, but it's right and it's just in God's eyes. Every person that uses his or her talent, God-given talents for the furtherance of his kingdom will be increased. But those that bury or ignore those talents will suffer loss. God did not give us those talents to let them gather dust on the shelf. Amen. I told the story a long time ago when I first got a Bible. I was going to Cal State Fullerton. This was back, amen, in 1979. I was going to Cal State Fullerton, amen, my like first semester. My history teacher, he was some religious guy, and we got to know each other. And he gave me my first real nice Bible, a nice leather Bible and stuff. I put it up on my shelf like an idol in my bedroom at home, and I never opened it. You know, because I didn't want to mess up that gold coloring leaf around the sides and, and mess up the crinkle any of that nice leather cover and all that stuff. But, you know, a Bible not read is no Bible at all. Just having a Bible like a good luck charm ain't going to help you. Amen. When the devil comes and knocking, praise God, you got to know what's inside. So our talents can't just be up on the shelf either. We got to use them or we're going to lose them. Because if we don't, he'll take them away from us and give them to somebody that will. Well, that's not fair. I know. He's going to still do it. You know, one of the greatest examples of the use it or lose it principle is that of time itself. Amen. We all have the same amount of time. 24 hours to use however we choose. I know sometimes we, you know, choose to sleep longer than, no, than maybe not, or we work more than not, or we do this, or we do that. Amen. But we're all given 24 hours of time each day to either use or lose. We can sit idly by and do nothing as it marches on. We can waste, a, a waste our precious God-given time on frivolous things that won't matter, a hill of beans 100 years from now, leaving us little to show for it, like Jessica was talking about. What kind of legacy are we going to leave? What kind of thing are we going to be remembered for? You see, time never takes a break. Time never takes a day off or a vacation. It is always on the move. It pauses for nothing or no one. The Bible said, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It also said, today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your heart. Today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts. The old saying is, you know, talking about use it or lose it, they're the old saying is, the time to strike is when the iron's hot. That's the time when things can move and things can bend and things can change. That's when it's time. The time to act is when the spirit moves. 
Like in John chapter 5, the pool of Bethesda, it, 365 days a year was mostly just a, a little water trough that sheep would, would water and goats would drink out of. Amen. But once a year, an angel would come and move the trouble of the waters. And the first sick person that jumped in there, after the angel did that, they received their healing. You read it, John chapter 5. Amen. So we got to get in when the water's moving. We got to strike while the iron's hot. We got to move when the spirit moves. When God offers to give you something that will not only benefit you but others, don't hesitate to accept it. Yeah, it'll come with great responsibility. Amen. But it'll be a great blessing as well. When God asks you to use those things that he has given you, don't hesitate to do it. If we continue to refuse, he will surely Amen. Take it away and we'll lose it. And I just want to encourage everybody to pray and ask God. You know, the Bible talks about gifts of the Spirit. The Bible talks about fruit of the Spirit. The Bible talks about different things. And it said, desire the gifts. Pray for them. You know, pray. What do you want God to use you? And of course, we got to be faithful in a few things. Remember, you know, you know, we, we got to be we got to be faithful in the basics. We can't just say, well, I'm going to forget the basics and I want to go straight to the, you know, the big time. But, you know, God doesn't work that way. We have to show him faithful in a few things. Amen. But I just want to encourage everyone to answer God's call and use the specific and unique talents he gives you to fulfill that calling. You see, God calls all of us to salvation. We all need to be saved so we can make heaven our home someday. That's for every single person. Amen. But some people, God will use specially and uniquely as soul winners. And we all should be soul winners too. We all should... Be, you know, the Bible said to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, give your testimony, you know, uh, tell people what Jesus did for you. That's all good. And, and we all should do that. But, you know, there'll be some that become specialists in that category and they'll win many, many, many people to God. That's a talent that God gives to some. Amen. God care, calls all of his people to share the, king, the good news with the kingdom, but, but not all of us will be that kind of a soul winner, even though we should try to reach people. All of us should pray every day. The Bible said, give us a day our daily bread. Pray. Daniel prayed three times a day. You know, uh, you know different people pray uh, in the Bible and showing us what the, the prayer is important. Amen. For our ongoing in, in relationship with God and growing. But there will be some whom God will call to be specifically specialized in being a prayer warrior and an intercessor that they will pray more than most and that God will use them God will wake them up at night even to pray for something that's seriously going on that can't wait for the morning that God will call people but we need to answer the call amen all of us are admonished and encouraged to sing unto the Lord a new song and make a joyful noise unto the Lord even if you can't sing your way out of a wet paper bag, it doesn't matter. You just give it your best shot. Ah, you know, or whatever, you know, just give it your best shot. But there will be some who God will call, amen, to be a blessing 
with a special anointing, with spirit-filled singing, and they will move and bless many with that ministry. Amen. All of us are encouraged to greet and fellowship with everyone each time we gather together, but some will have a specific calling, amen, of greeting and fellowship that God will just use and they'll, they will just, you know, be warm and there will just be something special about them. And I think, I think it seems like God has called many of these people I'm looking at right now because all of you are so wonderfully fellowship and greeting and warm and friendly with people. But what I'm trying to tell you that the list can go on and on. The point is we need to find out what God wants us to do. Let's stand. We need to find out what God wants us to do in his kingdom and do it with all our hearts. And he will open more and greater doors for us in the future. Use it or lose it. Folks, I don't want to lose it. Amen. I don't want to treat this calling like perishable food or coupons or something or some skill that I'm going to lose because I'm not going to use it for a long time. This is something eternal ramifications. This is something that has, you know, lasting effects. This is something that's powerful, spiritual. Amen. And I pray that there will just be a revelation and understanding and, and just God to speak to each and every one. And maybe God has already called some of you to certain things, but maybe you've ignored it or you thought, nah, that's not me or, or may, that can't be God or, you know. But remember, so God sometimes calls you to do something that you might not think you'd be good at to stretch you a little bit and to challenge you a little bit. Amen. You would think Apostle Paul, who knew eight lang or many languages, eight, eight or more, was well educated and sat at the feet of the Sanhedrin uh, leadership, and he was versed in the law like nobody's business. And he was, you know, you would think that he would be sent to the Jews to try to convince the Jews that Jesus was God. And you would think that Peter the more somewhat ignorant fishermen would be sent to the ignorant Gentiles and the non-Jewish people, the, what they called heathens that believed in idol worship to try to convince them. But God said, no, no, Peter, you're going to the Jews. Paul, he tried to go to the Jews and they didn't want nothing to do with it. And so he goes, I'm going to the Gentiles. So Paul, the learned one, went to the people that you would have thought he would have went to. And Peter, the unlearned one and the ignorant one, went to the learned people. God, you can't try to figure God out. You just got to answer the call and follow your heart with God's leading. And God will direct us. Amen. Amen. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.